All right, Brother Jim, I'm going to gripe at you for a second. Um, all right, you asked me to speak a couple months ago. You didn't tell me that I was going to be following uh, Jackson Banks Million. Libby Kate, that is not at all fair. Um, all right, so I want to take this opportunity to lower expectations. Let's lower expectations. Um, I'm a little nervous. It's, I think it's the, the, the microphone. Am I coming through all right? All right, so I didn't have to wear the microphone at the 9 o'clock service. Um, I think I checked it about nine times while we were singing the song to make sure it wasn't on. <laughs> I'm happy to make a joyful noise, but y'all don't need to hear it that loud. So, um, uh, so before I get started, I, I do want to uh, take a moment to, uh, to speak for the church and just thank you, Brother Jim, for um, everything that you're doing. You're, uh, you're coming up on a year now with us, and, uh, and this has been, um, I think I speak for everyone, this has been a really good year for us. Uh, so, so thank you, thank you to, thank you to Amanda, uh, Jackson, Dean Thomas, Norma May. Thank you all very much. Uh, you all mean a lot to us. Uh, many of you all are probably wondering why, uh, why I'm up here um, delivering the message this morning. Uh, to be honest, I'm not exactly sure myself. Um, I, my leading theory right now is when, when Ashlyn and I had our, our baby in December, we were, uh, we were slow to come back to church because, you know, it's flu season and everything. We wanted to keep the baby boy uh, uh, safe, and I think Brother Jim realized that it would be a lot harder for us to skip if I'm supposed to be speaking, so <laughs> that's, that's the rationale I can come up with. Uh, now, I know a lot of y'all, but I don't know everyone, so I want to start by just telling y'all a little bit about me. Uh, I'm Jonathan Porter. I'm not from here. I grew up in Cobb County uh, near the new Brave Stadium. Uh, I, I went to Furman for undergrad. That's in Greenville, South Carolina. I've got a master's degree from George Southern, and I went to law school at uh, Emory in Atlanta. Um, I'm married to Ashlyn, who is the youngest of Mr. Eddie and Miss Libby's five daughters. Um, we have two boys. Gray is about to turn three. And uh, Drummond, uh, that's a family name, that's my grandfather's name. Drummond uh, is the baby boy. He'll be three months in a few days. Uh, we live in Mendy's. Um, and I work in Savannah. I work at the U.S. Attorney's Office in Savannah, so I, I drive. I'm a federal prosecutor, so... Uh, you know, as, as Alan can tell you all, the, the commute from here to Savannah is not ideal, uh, but I love my job and I love where we live, so I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, so what I want to talk to you all about this morning is uh, something pretty simple. I want to talk to you all about prayer. I say that prayer is a, a simple thing to talk about because to most of you all, you probably pray every day. Um, I know there are a lot of prayer warriors in our church, so uh, I'm not going to stand up here and lecture prayer warriors about, about how to pray. Um, that would be like lecturing TJ about forestry or Neil about barbecue. I'm, I'm just not going to do that. Um, instead, I, I want to talk to you about my experience with prayer. Um, I want to do that because prayer is not something that I grew up with, uh, so it's something I've had to figure out. Um, most of you all probably grew up praying. It's probably second nature to you all. Um, I didn't grow up praying, not, not really. My, my family, growing up, we rarely went to church. When we did, it was a you know Easter or Christmas. It was it was a rare occasion. When we went to church, we went to a, a big church uh, near near our house in Marietta. I think it's the second largest Methodist church in the state. Um, and you know we just sit there uh, as you know anonymously as as we could, just strangers in a sea of a thousand people. Uh, I never went to Sunday school. Never got involved in church. Uh, now we we called ourselves Christians growing up, but we never talked about what that meant. I remember I had a Bible, but I don't remember ever opening it. Uh, we even said prayers, but we never meant it. 
the prayers we said growing up, it was always immediately before a meal. It was always rehearsed. Um, it was more of a, a habit that you just did it before a meal than, than actually like talking to God. Um, but, you know, I never thought that was weird growing up. I didn't know any, I didn't know any different. Uh, so I thought that's what every Christian everywhere did. Um, I was a good kid growing up, so I, I figured God was pleased with me and that I was a, a normal Christian. But to be honest, back then, I never gave God all that much thought. I started giving God serious thought a little after I graduated from college. I was living up in Washington, D.C. I was working in Republican politics. And after giving God serious thought, I decided that Christianity was not for me. I went from a sort of Christian to a non-Christian for a few years in my early 20s. My decision, my decision to become a non-Christian, it, was, it wasn't just a whimsical thing. I, I gave it a lot of thought at the time. I'll spare everyone the details of my thinking, but um, back then was, let's just say there were a lot of Christians working in Republican politics in Washington that, that were not the best representatives of our faith. And uh, so I decided that Jesus wasn't for me. In fact, I have a, uh, I have a vivid memory of sitting on a bar stool, a bar stool somewhere uh, talking to then friends about, about not being a Christian, about not believing. To this day, I, I'm ashamed of some of the things I remember saying. The other reason I decided God wasn't for me was because I, I felt I didn't need God. Things were good for me. I, I slacked through college, never put in much effort. Um, I did a lot of dumb things with my fraternity, uh, and I never really faced any serious consequences. I was still able to get a, a highly coveted job working for a, a congressman. I was having fun with my friends. Everything was good. There's a, you know, there's a funny saying someone once used to call George Bush spoiled. The saying something like this. It, it says, he was born on third base and he thinks he hit a triple. I kind of like that. Um, <laughs> that could describe me back then. My, 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 uh, I, thought I, was, um, I thought I was a big deal. And I thought I could do no wrong. So... I really couldn't think of anything I lacked, so what good was a relationship with God? My salvation is not a story of reaching rock bottom in life. I've heard a lot of stories of alcoholics or drug addicts or adulterers reaching a low point and then turning their their life over to God to help right the ship. That wasn't me. It could have been. It probably should have been, given the the recklessness, uh, my recklessness at the time. But I'm, I'm blessed in that God spared me of those things. Uh, no, my, my salvation story is not about reaching rock bottom. My salvation story is about a girl, and it's about prayer. I moved back to, to Georgia from D.C. when I was 25. I, I moved back for work. I had the, uh, the opportunity to become a campaign manager of a big-time congressional campaign. Um, and it was a big opportunity for a, for a 25-year-old. It meant I got to come home, so I, I jumped at it. A few months in, the, the campaign was not going all that well, and I was exploring options to return to D.C. earlier than expected when a friend of mine flew into town for, uh, Labor, to visit me, Labor Day weekend of 2009. My buddy and I were, were going to the Braves game that Friday night, and I found out that uh, a friend of mine, this girl that I worked with in D.C., was, uh, she was going to the Braves game too, and she was bringing uh, two of her best friends with her. We make plans to all go together, and that, uh, that Friday night, my buddy and I pick up uh, these three girls in my, um, at the time, new F-150. It's, it's a lot older now. Um, and, we, and we go to the Braves game. That's when I met Ashlyn Durrance from Glenville, Georgia. 
Uh, Ashlyn changed everything for me. Uh, I was smitten with her a lot quicker than she was smitten with me. Um, and it took a couple of months of me badgering her, but I was finally able to get her to go out on a date with me. Um, I loved everything about Ashlyn early on. Y'all, y'all know her. She's, she's great. She's caring. She's interesting. She's funny. Um, I was hooked. I, I visited her in Glenville a few months after we started dating, and uh, I was even more hooked. I loved, I loved Glenville, loved her family, loved her home. Um, it, was, it was all totally unexpected to me. Um, you know, I never thought I'd end up here, but now I, I couldn't imagine anything different. The, uh, the biggest thing that struck me about Ashlyn early on was her faith. I had never been around anyone with faith like Ashlyn. Her faith was and is genuine in a way I'd never experienced before. Um, Ashlyn and I went to the winery last night, Watermelon Creek, um, and, you know, Sometimes when you're in a restaurant, you see someone bring out a plate, and you, uh, you, you see it, and you smell it, and you say, That's, I'll, I'll have that. Ashlyn lived her faith in a way that made me want her faith. Um, I wanted what she was having. However, I come from a long line of stubborn men who are reluctant to change their ways. So it took me a long time to come around. And for a while, there was a big gap between Ashlyn's uh, faith and my own. One of the biggest disconnects in our, in our faith lives was prayer. Um, remember how I said that many of y'all probably think of prayer as simple? That could be because you grew up praying. Um, Ashlyn can pray. Ashlyn can pray. Um, I couldn't at the time. I, it, was, um, it wasn't that simple. In the first 25 years of my life, as I told y'all, I don't think I send, said a single authentic prayer to God, just rehearsed prayers before meals. Um, so for whatever reason, praying came hard to me. Uh, I remember in those early days of being a Christian, I'd, I'd read the Bible, I'd underline passages, research the passages, think about, what, think about what I read, and then have some major faith breakthroughs. But when it came time for me to open my mouth and speak words to God, I, uh, I couldn't do it. It, uh, it came out weird and awkward, and to be honest, I didn't feel worthy to talk to God, um, not after some of the things I'd said. And then I grew self-conscious about how bad my prayers were. Um, One day, probably eight or nine uh, years ago, I was here visiting Ashlyn uh, when Neil Anderson asked me to help out with the youth here at church. Neil, I don't know if you remember this. Um, I don't remember who was with us, maybe Jake, Hunter, Keaton. um, I don't remember exactly. But the the plan was it was a Sunday evening, and Neil was going to give the youth a lesson. And um, then we were going to go out back and throw the football around. And Neil, asked, Neil wanted me to get more involved in church, so he asked me to come along. Uh, Neil gave the lesson. We we're about to finish and go, go out back to play football uh, when Neil asked if I would close us in prayer. I, uh, I panicked, and I said no. Um, I honestly felt at the time that if I had prayed in that group, I'd, I'd betray the fact that I felt like a fraud, that, uh, that I was un- unworthy of God's love after all those years of unbelief. Now, Neil's a good guy. He covered for me, never made me feel bad about it. Um, but I realized then that I, I needed to fully accept God's forgiveness for my years of unbelief, that I needed to stop feeling like a fraud, and that I needed to get comfortable praying. Um, I decided I needed to get comfortable praying out loud for, for a lot of other reasons, too. First and foremost, I, I realized, you know, God wants us to pray. Um, he doesn't ask us for prayers using beautiful prose. He just asks us for genuine prayer. 
Second, I, I wanted to pray for my wife. I wanted to pray for our family and to set a good example within, our, within my marriage and within my family. Um, third, I know that prayer works. So I realized that not praying was leaving a lot of prayers unanswered. Uh, Billy Graham once said that heaven is full of answers to prayers for which no one ever bothered to ask. Um, now, I've seen firsthand that, that God answers prayers, and I'll, I'll talk about that more at the, at the end of this talk. So I decided to put significant efforts into learning to pray. I know that sounds weird to most of y'all um, who pray like it's second nature, but it's what I had to do. I read everything in the Bible about prayer. I read articles about prayer, and I practiced a lot. Over time, I've become much more comfortable praying. Um, I found a few tips that work for me, uh, which I'll share with you just in case you're interested. Uh, I'll note that these are, several of these are aspirational because I fall short uh, of, one, of several of these. But I'll give you my five aspirational tips for prayer. First, I try to keep my prayers simple. I'm a lawyer. I can use big fancy words, but I haven't found any scripture saying that God favors prayers with big words over simple prayers. Second, I pray often. Um, I pray when there's something going, going on, something that requires prayer, like a, a sick person or a trying situation. But I also try to remember to pray at random times. Third, I pray for people I don't necessarily want to pray for. This one's, uh, this one's tough. I have to remind myself of this one because it's easy to forget. Um, Matthew 5.44 says to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Now, I don't have a lot of enemies or persecutors in, in my life, but I have frustrations. And I pray for people at the root of those frustrations. And it's amazing how God will work through those frustrations when I, when I pray for them. Fourth, I pray for specific things. Um, sometimes I feel odd praying for specific things, uh, like I'm micromanaging God. Uh, but Psalm 102.17 says that God does not despise our pleas. So I pray for specific things, and, uh, and I can tell you that it works. And my, my fifth and final personal prayer tip is to, to not be discouraged when God doesn't give you exactly what you've prayed for. You know, you're, you're not going to usurp God's plan um, for your life or for others' lives. But that doesn't mean that God wants you to, doesn't want you uh, to, that doesn't mean that uh, God isn't listening. It's, it's not easy when we put our all into praying for something like healing and it doesn't happen. But God still desires us to keep praying. After, after years of practice, I, I, I do today, I feel like a prayer warrior. Um, I love praying by myself, together with Ashlyn, uh, together with my boys, with groups. Uh, you know, I especially love praying with my family. Uh, before, before I came here today, um, Ashlyn and, and the boys, we got together in a circle. We held hands, held the little baby's hand, um, and, uh, and we prayed together as a family. And uh, my, my two-year-old, Gray, has just started praying. And, and to, hear my, to hear my two-year-old pray, um, it's fantastic. Uh, Gray, luckily, is a, a natural. I think he got Ashlyn's prayer genes, which, of course, Ashlyn got from Miss Libby. Um, you know, I, I wish I could go back and tell myself that I was, that I was being way too hard on myself back then. Um, so in case any of y'all are doubting yourselves or feeling like you don't deserve to talk to God, let me tell you what I'd tell me back then. Just quit it. Don't, um, you know, at no point will God ever give up on you. Whatever you've done, God still desires a relationship with you, and he still desires to hear your prayers. Um, he doesn't care about how you sound. Uh, he just wants to hear your genuine prayers. I, uh, I thought of an, an analogy on Friday that I, that I want to I share. Um, 
You know, recently I've been getting up early on work days to, to feed baby Drummond his, uh, his first bottle of the day. Um, now, Drummond's got this reflux. He, he spits up uh, a lot of the, the stuff that he eats, a lot of the formula that he eats. Uh, so you've got to keep him propped up a few minutes after he eats. Uh, so those times we're just hanging out. We're just, we're, uh, we're just talking to each other. Uh, now, he's, he's just started cooing. A lot of you parents might, might remember your babies when they, when they first started cooing, just making these little sounds. Um, so I'll coo back at him. I'll try to imitate the sound back to him. Um, and then he gets this big old smile and he tries to do it back to me like we're having a little conversation. Um, I, I love it. That's the best sound in the world to me is, is that, that baby boy just making his little coos. I think maybe that's how God hears our prayers. It's the genuineness of it and the effort that he values. I don't judge Drummond on how good his coos are. And God doesn't judge us by how good our prayers sound. He hears our prayers with the ears of a dad hearing his baby coo for the first time. In closing, I, I want to circle back to a few things I mentioned earlier. You'll, uh, you'll recall that I said I've had a pretty blessed life even before I accepted Jesus into, into my life. And you'll also recall that I, I said I am sure that prayer works. Keep those two things in mind as I, as I tell you the rest of my story. Um, years ago, Ashley and I were dating uh, and then were engaged, and uh, I was praying a lot. I, 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 uh, I practiced praying a lot. I was praying a lot. But there was still some nagging negative part of me that said, all of this praying is kind of a waste of time. Um, that part of me said that God has his plans for us, and he's not going to rearrange those plans just because I want something. Um, and then on March 10th, 2012, seven years and seven days ago, uh, Ashlyn and I got married right, right here. Uh, that day, Ashlyn and I, we gave wedding presents to each other. I got her uh, pearl earrings, and she gave me a, a watch and a book. The watch was nice, but the, but the book was the real treasure. That book contained a decade's worth of specific prayers, Prayers written out by a girl in Glenville, Georgia, named Ashlyn. They were, they were prayers for her future husband, me. For 10 years, while I was out living in the world, not giving much effort, partying, drinking, and telling people that I did not believe in God, and yet suffering no consequences, Ashlyn Durrance prayed for me, someone she wouldn't meet for years later. Ashlyn's prayers in that book were, were simple and specific. Page after page, she wrote out, would go back over prayers for me, for my faith, for my health, for my relationships with my, with, with my friends, for my compassion, everything. And, and when I read her prayers, I saw specific prayer after specific prayer that applied perfectly to my life. It was like she knew exactly what I was doing and she knew exactly what to pray for to keep me safe, to keep me on the right path. You know, for years I thought my life was so great that I didn't need God. It turned out that my life was so great because of God, because God was answering Ashland's unceasing prayers for me, for my life. In those moments, reading that book, I realized that God has always been in control of my life and that he loved me through it all. 
I think he let me have that epiphany in part so I can stand before you today and tell you definitively that prayer works. I want to thank you all for letting me share with you all this morning. Um, Brother Jim, if it's all right, I'd like to close this, this portion of it with a, with a prayer, uh, something I wasn't willing to do all those years ago with Neil. All right, so let's bow our heads and pray. Father God, thank you for, for hearing our prayers. Uh, Lord, we are, we are flawed people. We are, we are sinners who are not worthy of a second of your attention. Lord, but we are so grateful that you desire to have a relationship with all of us. Lord, that you desire to hear our prayers. God, we pray that you will give us a renewed desire to pray, that you will help us to pray, that you will give us the wisdom to know of people in need of our prayers. And Lord, we ask that you answer our prayers in accordance with your will. We thank you, Lord, for loving us even before we are ready to love you back. God, we ask that you bless this church, uh, bless our revival, bless this, uh, bless this Lenten season. God, bless the Morrow family, bless our community, and help us to keep you at the center of our minds. Um, God, we just love you so much, and we pray these things in your name. Amen. Thank you all.